It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies podcast on Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud member of the Fans for Sports Network. I am your host, Evan Lang, and Skylar Timmons is with me cleaning his camera and having controversial Mario opinions. They're not controversial. It's weird. They are not controversial or weird. Any completionists in video games would understand. But what if you're not a completionist? Then you're a psychopath. I'm a psychopath for not wanting to 100% every single game. Yes. So Skyler says that you have to get every single coin in a Mario level. If it's within reason, I I will say that. Not every single one. That's not what you said before we started recording. You said every single one. Yes, you really should, though. (laughs) If it's within reason, especially. All right. Within, I will say within reason. Like, if you have the opportunity to get a coin, you get the coin. But if you miss exactly. a coin, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I think that's more what I meant. Okay. that See, that's more reasonable. Because we're talking about Mario Wonder and watching videos. And I told Evan, videos I watch of people playing, there'll be like six of those little purple coins you're supposed to get. They get like maybe two and they're standing in the middle. There's like three on each side or whatever of this person. And they don't pick them up. 
and it's super annoying. Yeah, if they're right there, you grab them. Plus, the the purple coins are a little different because they introduced those in uh, Odyssey, right? And you can use them to uh, to buy extra things. Like uh, in Odyssey, it was different costumes and things like that. And in Wonder, I think it's it's badges and things like that. Yeah, they give you different abilities. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, so what are your thoughts videos? on the elephant power up? Mario's been a bee, so he can be whatever the <laughs> heck he wants to be. He's been a bee, a tanuki, a frog, a shoe, an elephant. Now that's too far. Turtle. And he's been all kinds of things. He's been a ghost. Oh, that's right. Boo Mario was a power up. He's been a giant rock. Was that Galaxy 2? Was both galaxies. It's been a while since I played either of the galaxies. He's been a freaking T Rex. So he can that be doesn't elephant. count though because he's not becoming the T Rex. He is forcibly possessing the T Rex. It's still a transformation power up. It's a little horrific. <clears throat> Mario is going to enter your brain and puppet your body, hey, but you will have a mustache while it happens. Hey, better than I can do now. <laughs> anyway, this is surprisingly not a Mario podcast. This is a Colorado Rockies podcast, and here in the offseason for the Rockies, while some other teams are out there playing meaningful playoff October baseball, uh, we have to rely on getting the little snippets that we can. And one of those things is that uh, Rawlings finally announced their Gold Glove finalists for the 2023 season, and Rockies abound on the listing for National League finalists. It's uh, it's actually really nice to see. So Ryan McMahon is one of the finalists at third base, Ezekiel Tovar at shortstop, and Brenton Doyle in center field. Uh, Nolan Jones did not qualify for candidacy due to not playing enough innings. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Overall, you know, three gold glove finalists, that's nothing to cough at, especially when it's been six years since the Rockies last had three finalists. In 2017, the Rockies had Gerardo, uh, Gerardo Parra along with Nolan Arenado and DJ LeMayhew as their gold glove finalists. And <laughs> since then, it's only been one or two every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's pretty nice to see defense making a big return <clears throat> for the Rockies this season, but well, it was nice to see Ryan McMahon. We knew he was going to be a finalist. Like that one was kind of a given. Will he win it? Probably not. He's going to get snuffed again just because somebody's always better or more popular this year. It's specifically because somebody is better. Absolutely. All across the board, but no, it's nice to see Tovar get that recognition. We thought maybe he would, but for him to get that recognition is awesome to be a finalist. And then, Brent Doyle, he seemed like a lock after, throughout the years, just a matter of would the rest of the league recognize it. They did, uh, probably because the sabermetric stuff did all big, <laughs> carried a lot of that weight to get them you know, across the threshold. But uh, it, it's good to see these guys, especially rookies, getting recognized for the awesome stuff they did uh, no, with the glove this year. Yeah, definitely. And there were a lot of rookies across the board, both in the American League and the National League, who are um, getting these gold glove, um, gold glove nominations. That was really cool. But we're going to start with just looking at a position by position here for the Rockies finalists. At third base, 
Uh, along with Ryan McMahon, we have Pittsburgh's uh, Kip Ryan Hayes and Atlanta's Austin Riley. Notably absent this year for the first time since 2012, Nolan Arenado is not on the ballot for third base gold glove. Mm-hmm. That's the probably the most surprising thing. Uh, it's just the fact that his reign of 10 straight comes to an end finally because he, he didn't have a good year defensively. And you could argue these past two years, he wasn't as gold glove worthy as he has in the past. It wasn't as much of a walk because the past two years, we talked about Ryan McMahon, how good he was uh, defensively at third base and better than oh, Nolan Arnott or Cabrian Hayes was the same way, but he didn't have a good year. And so it's opened the way for Austin Riley to sneak into the finalists. Uh, I don't know much about Austin Riley. I just know about his bat, never paid attention to his glove, but it's, it's just crazy to think 10 straight years, most of those with the Rockies, and then he's finally off the ballot for good reason because these other guys yeah. just he, were so much better. and have a good season. And the, the, the one outlier on this list is Austin Riley, but he did overall have a pretty solid season. In terms of DRS, he was one of the leaders in the National League for third base defense, and he had a much improved overall campaign um you know he's definitely i think the weakest of the three candidates he played the Mm -hmm. most innings at third base um and had the most assists uh was tied for the most putouts and had the um but did have the second most errors um his drs of nine ultimate zone rating per fan graphs negative 2.3 the worst in the list and his outs above average of zero worst on the list and fielding percentage uh 0.972 second worst on the list but you know overall he had a solid season but it really is going to come down to ryan mcmahon and cabrian hayes and honestly as much as i love ryan mcmahon by all metrics, this is probably going to be Cabrian's year where he finally gets it. He's been a finalist for the last couple of years, same with McMahon. But I think Cabrian Hayes was just overall a little bit better than Rymac, especially when you look at um, he had a full four uh, defensive run save better, and he had a full six outs above average better with a better fielding percentage. The only spot where uh, McMahon has the edge is an ultimate zone rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably going to be tight. We'll see. I bet it would be like the coaching, the coaches' votes that make up the difference will be the deciding factor in that. But either one's deserving and, and a worthy candidate. But yeah, probably Ryan Mack will get one eventually. But he <laughs> he's going to be like Mike Trout with the MVP those tons of years where he kept coming in second place. It seems like one of those things where Rymax just going to keep being a finalist, just can't quite break the barrier at this moment. Pretty much. And, you know, if either of them win, they're they're very well deserving. So I don't think it's, it's a huge deal if he doesn't win it. I'm not going to consider it a snub or anything um, this year, especially compared to the last couple seasons where, you know, when Rymax was statistically better than the person who won which was nolan arenado um this year it's nice to see that it's not just the name recognition that's carrying the award at third base because it's you know they're they're not two particularly well-known players it's a guy for the rockies and a guy for the pirates yeah and not the guy for the rockies that used to be winning it (laughs) 
So it's a nice change of pace. Uh, over at shortstop, it's a um, it's another really interesting list of people. So you've got Ezekiel Tovar. You've got Chicago's Cubs Dansby Swanson, who, if I'm being honest, I think is probably going to walk away with the award this year. And then uh, Francisco Lindor of the New York Mets. And again, I think overall it's really going to come down to the Rockies nominee of Tovar and then Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tovar played uh, th- basically 1,300 innings at shortstop this year. He was the Rockies sh- starting shortstop. Had the most, had the second most assists. Had only seven errors on the season. 12 defensive runs saved, 2.4 UZR, and 16 outs above average. And let's not forget, he set the new fielding percentage record for a rookie shortstop at .988, previously held by the Rockies' own Troy Tulowitzki at .987. Um, mm-hmm. But Dansby Swanson had a really good year as well. Uh, he had 11 errors, so lower fielding percentage, but he had 18 defensive runs saved, a 5.9 UZR, and 20 outs above average, one of the highest totals in the uh, league this season. But it's another one of those where it's nice to see a Rocky you know, holding their own there, especially a rookie like Ezekiel Tovar, who he started out the gate solid with the glove and just got better as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of those three... You've got two pretty established veterans and then a rookie, which it's always fun to have those conversations and be in that mix. He does. The other two have the name recognition going for them as well and just reputation going with it where, you know, coaches and stuff like, oh, yeah, Dansby Swanson, Francisco Lindor, you know, have played for championship caliber teams type of thing. Yeah, they're they're always good with the glove. So, of course, they're going to get our votes. So. Wouldn't be surprised if Tovar comes in third in that voting just strictly because of all that. But yeah, like looking when you look at the statistics, just as good. Oh, what Mud Joe's just second to Dansby Swanson at shortstop and a lot of that. So it's it's just incredible to see him his growth over the course of the season. Yeah, his bat grew a lot, but the defense, like you said, was always there and continued to get better when he got more comfortable. And then without the shift rules, and with the shift rules in place, he was we were able to see him just shine even more. Uh, using that athleticism. When I it's crazy to think though, when I think of Tovar this season, I don't recall like seeing a ton of like Tulowitzki or story era high, type uh, highlights, you know, those big crazy plays, but he was just solid everywhere he was. He was always making the root made everything look routine. I think he had, a big thing. he had a couple of like the crazy defensive plays, but honestly, it really was. It's like you said, he made everything look routine. He just had it, had it completely locked down and it got even better um, towards the end of the year when the uh, outfield, not the outfield, goodness, the infield defense sort of improved around him. So you have a Ryan McMahon at third base, but then when Brendan Rogers, who won the gold glove at second base last year, came back, and then you have uh, Alaris Montero and even Chris Bryant um, playing first base um, with much improved defense over there, they did uh, a good job with that infield defense. And mm-hmm. it, it made it even easier for Tovar who was already looking pretty good. And I think that's when I, because when you think of like the quintessential of a shortstop plays, I'm going D 
deep in the hole, backhand, jump throw. Oh, that's what Tulo did all the time. Story would do it. Or diving up the middle. Though because you have Rymac over there, who I would say has better range than Arnado did, just because he's a little bit lighter on his feet, he didn't have to worry about that play as much because Rymac's always cutting it off and making a throw. Or he just gets such a good read. He's cutting in really able to cut off a ball a lot quicker because he's a speedy fella. We didn't get to see as much speed this season on the base paths. He still got his 10 stolen bases at least, but he's a pretty speedy uh, shortstop. And so, yeah, that helps him make those plays, make things look easier where he can. I remember when he jumped high. That was the one I remember is him climbing a ladder to catch. So. Yeah, those were always good. He had a couple of those where he got made those like jumping catches, which are always so much fun to see from a shortstop. But it really is, you know, Tovar's got such a good combination of tools at shortstop. He's got good footwork. He's light on his feet with good speed. He's got a, a very good glove and very good sense for uh, the game defensively and has very good hands so he can make these plays and make them look easy, make them look routine. Um, so I, even if he doesn't win, I am so happy yeah. to see Tovar up here as a finalist. But, and I yeah. do think he has a chance at winning. I don't yeah. think it's impossible. Yeah. And even just, I think that was the thing for Ryan McMahon a couple of years ago when he was a finalist for the first time or even last year, it's even just being a finalist, you know, it's a big, you know, a big accomplishment, especially as a rookie shortstop in your first full season, um, as the everyday shortstop type of thing. So he'll get a gold glove eventually. Oh, yeah, especially if he keeps playing the way that he has been playing mm-hmm. over the over this season. Um, it's only a matter of time. If it's not this year, it'll be at some point down the road. Um, but we then move on to center field where this is the one where if the Rockies player doesn't win it, you get mad because Mm -hmm. Brenton Doyle had statistically not just the best defensive center field season in Colorado Rockies history, but the best defensive season in the league as a center fielder across the entirety of major league baseball. He was the best center fielder. It's almost comical how much better some of his numbers are. His ultimate zone rating is 24.5. Like that is bizarre. How how good that is because he's he's got incredible range. His outs above average of 16, one of the best in the league. His DRS of 19, one of the best in the league. His fielding percentage of 0.997, one of the best in the league. Uh 373 putouts, the most of all the nominees, 10 outfield assists, and only one error across 1,023 innings and two-thirds. The other two finalists, Michael Harris II and Alec Thomas of Atlanta and Arizona, respectively, they had solid seasons. I'm not putting them down at all. But if Brenton Doyle doesn't win this award, I think it's ludicrous because he was that good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just, he passes the eye test when you just watch him play center field. It's, he's just natural out there, comfortable, chasing down things, makes it look easy. You never have to worry a deep fly ball anymore. You know, it's hit high and deep, but it's going to stay in the ballpark. You're like, oh, Doyle's got that. Like, he can track that sucker down, especially at Coors Field, which I think is the biggest thing that makes this the most impressive is you look at 
the other the other finalists look at their field dimensions oh it's nothing compared to the cavernous graveyard that is Coors Field and Doyle made it look easy oh he tracked down the high fly balls deep at the park make a catch at the wall or one heading for the gap he'd cut it off turn it into a single or if a <laughs> if he can't cut it off in time he's still got a cannon he could throw a guy out at second or third or even home and so he, he just brought all those defensive tools you want and I know there's some I think people on the on the social medias questioning if he was gonna get gonna get recognized just because of his offensive stuff was just so not great this year but luckily we know this isn't an offensive based award and now the coaches and the sabermetrics everything got it right where he's a finalist and hopefully should be the winner because you know like you mentioned there was hardly anybody better than him there was no better really outfielder than him like fernando tatis jr yeah he's a finalist in right field but other than that top three in the league in drs fernando tatis jr in first andres jimenez with uh who the heck does he play for anymore cleveland i think so anyways cabrian hayes third uh third and then brenton doyle in fourth with 19 so and then Kevin Kiermaier right behind him, who we've compared him to. So he's he's right up there with the best out, um, pretty much the second best outfielder, or some would say even like the best outfielder just all around. It's incredible season defensively for Brenton Doyle. And then he does things like have the hardest uh, outfield throw in recorded history in the stat mm-hmm. cast area at over 105 miles per hour. And just even regularly, he had one of the best arms in the league, one of the strongest throwing arms of any outfielder, one of the strongest throwing arms of any player in the league this year. I believe he had the fourth best one at like 96.1 average miles per hour. He was good. And he he did something special, especially for Rockies fans who, you know, I've I've said it before, um, it got pointed out that only once ever have Rocky center fielders combined for positive DRS and Brenton Doyle's out here with a casual 19. Mm-hmm. And this was a guy the I knew that he was a good center fielder because, you know, he won that minor league gold glove in 2021. We've seen him do good things defensively in the minors, but to immediately come up and make that transition to the bigs. And as a rookie already become one of the best outfielders in all of major league baseball defensively is just so mm-hmm. impressive. And what's nice is that the offensive struggles never carried over and hindered the defense. Cause that can happen. Sometimes if guys struggling at the plate, uh, it sometimes it leaks over into the defensive side of things. It just leaks into everything because it's, you're getting into your head and you're struggling. You're thinking about things, but he kept them separate. As I hear your cat, <laughs> and, and, and is that Andres Galarraga in there? No, uh, this is this is the little cat. Oh, so Ty Block. Yes, we'll talk about him later. But <laughs> he never, uh, it never affected him. He took care of his business. They stayed separate. Well, he worked on the offensive side of things. He continued to be at the top of his craft defensively. And oh, well, like we've said before, if he can just learn how to marry the two and figure out that offensive side of things. 
he's going to be a special player, whether for the Rockies or somewhere else down the road. Just You never know, but he'll have a good career wherever he ends up. Definitely. I think it all is going to depend on his bat um, for the the future, especially in the next couple of years as other outfielders start to come up in the Rockies organization. But for right now, Brenton Doyle is something special, and I really enjoyed watching him this season. Um, we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we'll talk about Nolan Jones for a little bit and then move into our next topic here. But congratulations to all of the Rockies Gold Glove finalists. Um, you know, it's nice to have some more positives to look at after a really difficult season. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for sticking with us through that ad break here on Affected by Altitude. We are going to roll right into just talking about Nolan Jones. Since we were just talking about the Gold Glove finalists here on the Rockies, a lot of people have been saying, oh, Nolan Jones got snubbed. Um, Even, you know, prominent baseball figures going, well, where's Nolan Jones in this? And the thing is that, unfortunately, Nolan Jones just barely didn't qualify. He got snubbed by the system. It, pretty much, honestly. By the robots. Like, him not making it is kind of purely the fault of the Rockies organization this year. Yeah. Where basically, per Rawlings, an infielder and outfielder needs to play a total of 698 innings by the time their team plays their 138th game of the season. Is that weird? Yes, but that's just sort of how it works. Um, and then you can qualify for the position that you played the most innings defensively at. So for Nolan Jones, that would have been left field where he played 501 total innings. Nolan Jones fell just barely short. Um, by my count, 671 innings uh, of that 698, which is about three games. Yeah. Uh, the folks over at DNVR pointed out that because the Rockies lost so much, there were a lot of defensive ninth innings that Jones could have played that um, could have affected that total. But really it is if Jones had started earlier in the season, 
then those ninth innings would not have mattered at all. Specifically, I'm looking at that three-game series in Seattle where he got called up and then rode the bench the entire time. Uh, I will also point out to three games at the end, like two games at the end of July, one other one in, I think in August, where he appeared as a pinch runner or a pinch hitter and played three innings most. If he had just started those three games, he would have had it. So it's <laughs> the weird little logistical things. Uh, I think they cut it off. My guess would be, you know, at the beginning of September, just because rosters begin to shuffle so much there in September. And so that seems like the benchmark in early September to kind of cut it off as guys are shuffling up around. Maybe guys don't play as much anymore because to get rest, let rookies play that type of thing because he qualifies if it's just to the end of the season. But unfortunately, it's not the case because Rawlings is weird. They don't want another Rafael Palmero, Palmero situation, I guess. Which is reasonable. Yeah. Because, you know, Rafael Palmero should have never won a gold glove. <laughs> but it's he's a gold glover at heart. We know he deserved <laughs> one. Somebody should yeah, make one, a 3D print one and send it off to him. Something. If you look at the other finalists for left field gold glove in the National League, it's the Cubs, Ian Happ, the Dodgers, David Peralta, and Atlanta's Eddie Rosario. And if you look at how much better Nolan Jones was in about 500 fewer innings than most of these guys, um, you can really think, you know, no, Nolan Jones w- would have been a finalist if he had qualified, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Jones finished the year in left field, 501 innings, 106 putouts, 11 outfield assists in left field, and then another eight in center and right field. Like mm-hmm. his outfield assists were insane this year. He led the league with 19 outfield assists, which I believe is also a uh, Rockies franchise record. Mm hmm. Uh, nine defensive runs saved, which is better than all three of the other finalists. Uh, six uh, ultimate zone rating, which is better than one of the other finalists, Eddie Rosario. And his negative one outs above average is better than two of the three finalists. And he has the same fielding percentage as Eddie Rosario at .983. Jones was good and had the same thing with Brent Doyle. It's an absolute rocket launcher for an arm. No matter where you put him in the outfield, you do not run on Nolan Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another rookie learning a new position, learning to be a regular outfielder, and just ran away with it. And yeah. he can still get better. That's the thing is he's not a perfect outfielder yet. He's still got to work on some things. And when he does work on those things, working on routes and just reading the ball and everything, Watch out. Scary outfield. Because, yeah, Nolan Jones came up through the Cleveland Guardians organization as a corner infielder, primarily third base, but some first base. And he did play some first base for the Rockies this year. But outfield is relatively new to him. Basically, he started playing outfield last year. Mm-hmm. And for him to be this good right off the bat, it's it's not a snub because he just he didn't play enough innings. And that's a bummer. But he's our—he's the Gold Glover to me. Yeah, and he's evidence of what the how you do what the Rockies wanted to do with like Chris Bryant and Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy, where you don't try to get the old veteran to change to a new position. 
you mold the youngster into a new position, let the young athletic person take over and learn how to you know, develop because he's learning new tendencies, new skills, where sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, for sure. And the the it is with Nolan. He's still pretty young. He he has even more potential in him after an incredible rookie season. And, you know, technically his second rookie season because he made his debut in, in 2022. But still had rookie status through this year and has such a great initial showing to build on with the Rockies organization. So, you know, huge props to Nojo for such a great defensive season on top of it. Uh, And also just like, just like Doyle, one of the best arms in, in the outfield in all of baseball this year, Mm -hmm. that it was so nice having an outfield, especially, um, you know, no matter how you configured them, that if you had Brenton Doyle and Nolan Jones out there, you figured things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been a while since Rockies fans could really say, you know, we've got this outfield locked down. This is a good defensive outfield. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, I will say, who was a snub, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who did play enough to qualify, um, had a really good defensive year. One of the best, uh, the most DRS of all left fielders, uh, had a great ultimate zone rating, had positive outs above average, and a fielding percentage of 1.000, a perfect fielding percentage in left field this year. Uh, he did not get the nod, which I think is a legitimate snub. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Especially compared to, you know, Eddie Rosario, who not a particularly impressive campaign, but overall that's the gold glove awards for the Rockies this year. And we look forward to seeing who the winners are. I really hope for, I'm not expecting a sweep of the three, but it would be very cool if they did, but I'm hoping at least one of our guys is going to bring home some hardware this year. Uh, Biggest snub Harold Castro for utility gold glove. Awful. Uh, biggest snub in left field, Jerickson Profar. Yeah. <laughs> this negative 11 DRS. The Lead Glove Awards. Ooh. It was bad. It was rough. That's, that's the crazy thing is we started this year with that outfield defense being so rough with, you know, you have Chris Bryant in right, who he's just not an outfielder. I'm sorry. Uh, Charlie Blackman, who you know definitely lost his depth, though he actually had positive DRS this year, which is the first time in a couple of years, I think. And Jerks in Profar, and, and then Jonathan. Harold Castro in center field, or Jonathan Daza in center field. Ooh. I was that was sure a decision. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, speaking of decisions, though, we're going to pivot over to our next topic, which is roster decisions the uh the rockies outrighted a bunch of guys off the roster over the last week or so and in just going through them here there are some names you are you're not surprised for and there are some that you are a little surprised for so we talked about it i think last week where austin wins matt carasini and harold castro were all outrighted off the roster um probably not coming back but then um over this last week 
we had another four guys get outrighted. Uh, right-handed reliever Matt Cook, who had a pretty solid overall season for the Rockies this year. Uh, left-handed starter and reliever Ty Block. And the big surprise of this bunch is right-handed starter Carl Kaufman, who made his big league debut this year. And he definitely struggled, but he's been outrighted off the roster. He'll revert straight back to being a minor leaguer with the Albuquerque Isotopes. Mm -hmm. And then just the other day, just yesterday even, uh, Ryan Rollison was outrighted um, off the 40-man roster. Mm -hmm. Changes that need to be made uh, because roster crunch... They had five guys on the injured 60-day injured list that needed to be added back within five days after the World Series ended. They've already got rid of one of those guys in Ryan Rollison, uh, but they still have four guys there that they needed to add back on. They, After losing outriding those first three guys, they had like 37 mm-hmm. or so, and there's three pending free agents as well. That have to be accounted for. So that would have taken off three more. If you had added back all five, you'd have had one roster spot to work with. Still need to add 40 man roster guys for the rule five draft, all kinds of other stuff. And so that left them with one. So obviously changes have to be made more changes. You have to start trimming the fat on the roster, making room for guys, making room for prospects. You need to add on like Adel Amador, Yankee Fernandez, some of those guys got to make room for them. And what better way? Cut veterans. One, cut the veterans that either don't really have a future on the team or could come back as a non-roster invitee to a, on a minor league contract, like a Matt Cook, uh, even a Matt Caracidi or Ty Block again, where Ty Block's just going to, like the little cat, he's just going to keep coming back. We set him outside and... <laughs> We'll let him back in. He'll come back to the door, pawn, and we'll drop out a little minor league contract for him, and he'll make the opening day roster again. But they they needed to make moves, and so it's good that they're cutting some of those veterans. It's a little worrying when they're like, yeah, we want to bring them back, which, yeah, that's fine. You can because you need the depth, but you tell me there aren't better options to bring back in outside of Matt Cook and Ty Block type of thing? I think Matt Cook had a good enough season, especially after you know, not playing too much in the bigs over the last few seasons. Um, he definitely started to struggle sort of down the stretch as he got he had more work this season in the bigs than he had in in some time. And I think um, him starting to struggle was also just a side effect of how gassed that entire bullpen was. Uh-huh. And, um, you know. Sam Bradfield, our our editor, um, has spoken um, about how, um, excuse me, how Ryan Feltner really valued having Matt Cook in the in the in the clubhouse, and how he was he was a valued member of the of the clubhouse. And same for Ty Block. I have no problem with the Rockies bringing them back on, you know, non roster spring training invites or minor league deals, because honestly, there is no such thing as a bad minor league deal, even if it's. Harold Castro. Like if they brought back Harold Castro, as long as he stays in the minors and it's just like only in case of emergency break glass guy, fine. It's when they're interfering on the big league roster that there's a problem. And I wouldn't say that any of these pitchers were necessarily interfering with the big league roster. We needed pitching. 
very badly and their services were all required at some point during the year my my thing is don't just settle for them if you're bringing them back don't just settle for them like yeah you can bring them back but yeah matt cook had a fine year but somebody could have a better year that's a better option out there than a guy that's going to be turning 33 yes next season and that i can agree with so like don't just settle for them look for those options and outriding them off the roster bringing back a minor league you can do that whatever yeah but just don't settle for that don't bank on the on those of yeah they're gonna be on the roster come opening day like no don't settle for that go get somebody else that could be better and that's that's really the thing is that the majority of these guys that were outrighted they are not guys that are going to necessarily have a future as a key player in the organization. Yeah. You know, Austin wins, Harold Castro, Matt Carasidi. Uh, We talked a little bit last year where, you know, Austin wins and Matt Carasidi are, that was probably their last big hurrah as big leaguers. Um, but the surprising ones are Carl Kaufman, who is, you know, who was a rookie and, Ryan Rawlson, but Ryan Rawlson is the one I think we really need to focus on because this was unfortunately a move that had to be made and they were going to have to make this decision sooner or later. You cannot have him continue to take up spice on the uh, spice, say like a spice, uncut jobs. No, uh, Tim Curry in Command and Conquer. <laughs> but. <laughs> I just completely derailed myself. Smashing. But Ryan Rollison is about to be 27 years old. He's been absolutely plagued by injuries. He just had a second shoulder surgery. There's no more guarantee at this point that he is ever going to make his big league debut. And if he does, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to live up to that draft pedigree. And, you know, it's not it's not really fair in the grand scheme of things, like of how much he's struggled with injuries since we drafted him and just some bad luck. Like when he got mm-hmm. appendicitis that's kept him from pitching, he's barely pitched over the last three seasons and he's too old now to be taking that risk on of having him hang on to the 40 man roster when you just don't know what the future holds for him. And it's a, it's a bummer because I like Ryan Rollison and I think originally he had such great potential for this team coming out of old miss, but it's yeah. just, it was a call that had to be made. Yeah. No drafted in 2018 in the first round, 22nd overall, I think like that. And it's dominated those first two levels you known rookie ball, you no know, a ball, doing well and then the injury started to happen and you know, he loses 2020 i'm sure he's already injured by that point too his timeline's weird and just those shoulder injuries shoulder problems where he just hasn't been what like 30 innings in the last three years or something minuscule like that just hasn't been able to work and he's getting older you have other draft picks guys that are well are also getting injured but guys that have more potential or younger and have that brighter future because they're healthy at the moment or they're injured early on and everything. It's just, you can't, they couldn't keep holding on to him. Like they had added him to that 40 man roster. I can't remember how long ago, 2021. Somebody finally got added to that 40 man. 
yeah, he's that guy who's supposed to be, oh yeah, this is a franchise pitcher. He's going to help carry us. But then the injuries, it's just bad luck. And that's what happens in baseball. Oh, especially it, it sucks even more that he, it was your first round pick from that year. Because then you start playing the what if, like, oh, what else, who could we have taken instead type of thing. But you just can't predict these type of things. And he was looking good. And the times when he has been able to pitch and he's healthy, all checked all those boxes. Mm -hmm. But then the injuries have just sapped everything away. Any of the hype, if he ever does make his big league debut with the Rockies, at least, it's just going to be, it's not going to be as Harold. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, that's great. He finally made it, but the all the shine is off that draft prospect. And, and you know, let, let's make it clear. We're still rooting for this guy that, you know, we want him to be able to make his big league debut. We want him to be able to be a big league pitcher and, and live up to his potential and, and make that incredible accomplishment of being a major league baseball player. But this was also the right decision in terms of a team building standpoint where you need those 40 man roster spots to clear out your 60 day IL to do rule five draft picks and to prepare for the upcoming season. And when we don't even know if, if Ryan Rollison is going to play next season or when he will be able to play again, it had to happen. And it's not, it's not like the Rockies are giving up on him. I think, you know, he's not going to, get probably get claimed by anybody else because he's barely pitched and in, in his injury history, he can come back. He can be part of the Rockies minor league organization, take it slow, get recovered, join the isotopes and then go from there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they did what we kind of hoped they would have done with Peter Lambert, where they were just holding on to Peter Lambert for so long still, even though all the injuries and everything, mm-hmm. but that worked out for Peter Lambert kind of, but it's just at that point for Rollison where it's just not going to pan out at this point in time where, okay, we're not going to keep holding on to him in this way. We can open up some space on our roster. Like he said, to do these other things and he can stay in the organization. No. And hopefully nobody tries to pick him up or anything, but we'll just see what they can do with him. More of that, what can we you know, salvage from from him for the rest of his career down the line? But unfortunately, just father time and injuries had other plans for him. Yeah. And, you know, people older than him make their big league debut all the time. And he definitely still has that chance. And I, I hope he makes it. I really, really do. But... Yeah. I I also have to give props to the organization for making the right call on this, which I feel like we haven't been able to say that a lot over the last few years for the Rockies organization, but they're making the decisions that need to be made here. And it's like, it's like what they did with Helker Solivares, who was on there, but then just all the injuries and everything, they outrighted him off the roster. And no, because he's injured and nobody was going to take him up. He stayed safe in the organization and... Now he's slowly make, trying to make his way back. If it pans out, that's great for either of these guys. But now you have room to work on your roster for right yeah. now, for the immediate future. 
the big difference between him and Helcris, however, is so they've been Helcris has been with the organization longer. Uh, he was an international signing in 2017 in the Dominican Summer League, but Helcris is only 23 years old. Yeah, versus Ryan is is going to be 27. Yeah. And that makes me feel a million years old because I'm in my 30s. And, you know, we're like, oh, 27 is too old. No, that's a weird world of that's sports. Just, that's just professional sports for you. It's like in, with the Broncos, it's like, oh, Russell Wilson, he's so old and washed. He's 34. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we put you in the home, Grandpa? Send you in a box down the river, Grandma. But that's uh, that's the roster moves the Rockies have made here recently. You know, Rule 5 draft coming up in a couple months. They'll keep making moves and they'll keep shaping. We'll be here to continue to talk about what they're doing. We're going to take another quick break here. And when we get back, we will uh, wrap things up with a little bit of Affected by Altitude Awards talk. And maybe talk a little bit about the uh, playoffs that are that are going on down there in, uh, in those parts. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Affected by Altitude. Thanks for sticking with us through that last ad break. So, season's over, Skyler. And we're coming up on award season. And we get to figure out what awards we want to be doling out for our big award show episode. Uh, for the off season here that'll be coming either next week or in a couple weeks after that. And there, there's going to be your obvious ones like most valuable Rocky and rookie of the year and blah, 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 blah. But what other awards should we be giving out? There says episode will just be us sitting quietly and contemplating. Hmm. 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 Um, yeah, this is something we haven't been able to do award show since our first season doing this podcast because we didn't get to do one last year because I don't know, schedules and everything got thrown in the wind. Things got wild and crazy. Also, I think there's like the weird stuff with the podcast funding getting cut and all that stuff and reshaping yep. with Purple Row and everything. So we're back on track trying to figure out. So, yeah, see for our, for our every two years award show. Yes, the yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, so some of these awards, and if you have ideas on the Twitters, if you hear this episode, let us know yeah. either in the comments, wherever. Message us, no, don't message us directly. I don't want those. Uh, 
and who knows what you can do on Twitter anymore these days with messaging and all that stuff. If you pay $20, you can send two reposts. Ooh. Uh, but you can always tweet at us and stuff. Good things. So we have our MVP or MVR, Most Valuable Rocky. Cy Young Award, as always. I feel like we should rename Cy Young. Cy Young never played for the Rockies. It should be a Rockies pitcher name. Like the Jorge, the Ubaldo Jimenez or the Jorge De La Rosa Award. It would have been nice if we've had a Cy Young Award winner. Who came we got close? We got yeah. close a couple Ubaldo? times. <laughs> the, uh, the, Kyle oh, Freeland? The almost Cy Young Award. Uh, yeah. But that's we'll, generally the... We'll pick one. Which uh, which pitcher should we name the Pitching Award after? Tell us in the comments or on Twitter. The Pitching um, on the Moon Award. The, we could call it the Jason Jennings Rookie of the Year Award, as Jason <laughs> Jennings is the only... Uh, rookie of the year winner in Rockies history. Yeah. Because Todd Helton was robbed. Yes. No, but Kerry, when did Kerry Wood have that 20 strikeout game? Was it that, it was, that was it that year? Probably. Because for some reason, one little historical thing amounts to giving you an entire award. Uh, 20 strikeout game. Uh, yeah, it was 98. Right now, I'm just going to call it the Ubaldo Jimenez Pitching Award. Yeah, it's got to be the Ubaldo Pitching Reward for <laughs> the Ubaldo Jimenez Award for Pitching Excellence. Well, it's like how if, if Shohei Otani wins the MVP this year in the AL, you might as well just rename it to the Shohei Otani Award for yearly excellence in being Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's name the MVP or, for, or MVR, uh, the Larry Walker Most Valuable Rocky Award as the only Rocky mm-hmm. to ever win MVP. Even though we've had plenty of snubs. Ain't that the truth? Todd Helton, Troy Tulowitzki. Dante Bichette, because his defense was so terrible. <laughs> to be fair, his defense was atrocious because his knee was... I actually didn't know um, until fairly recently yeah, that his, he had had a fairly significant knee injury that just sort of totaled his, oh, yeah. um, his outfield defense before he came to the Rockies. Yep. He was playing football at Thanksgiving. Stop doing things. If you're not playing, just sit at home, relax, and a bottle of vino, nice cigar. Don't go outside and injure yourself. Don't be Clint Barmez tripping down the stairs with some frozen deer meats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What other kind of awards? We've got those three big ones. We can have like the reliever of the year award. Uh, yeah. Reliever of the year. Um, this is the riveting podcast content people want just right busy work uh we could name our own all-stars hey now you're an all-star um, we could do a, a coaching like member of the coaching staff uh of the year kind of thing there are some guys on the coaching staff who do deserve kudos i think uh warren schaefer for example um 
makes a very clear impact in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. All stars. You can have the silver slugger. Oh, true. Silver slugger. Like overall silver slugger. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh the team gold glove. No, this is super this is super riveting. Um I'm having a good time though. And be thinking uh, of our silly categories as well. Uh bench player of the year. Bench or bench player. player or utility man of the year, which I argue should be called the Terry Shumpert Award. Let's see bench player of the year. Uh oh, I remember one that we did. Best new friend. Did we also do? I remember I I argued for it in um in 2021 the cutest couple award. This is the the two players like the two best friends on the team. The best buddies award. Best the best buddy black award. <laughs> no, it would be Bud black. black and veterans. Bud Black is uh. Best new friend, which would be you just talk about pretty much your nominee of your favorite new player from this season that we met. So anybody that hadn't been on the team before this season, Elders of Nolan Jones. Um I don't know if Tovar makes the cut. Tovar was technically here last year. Yeah. But only for they a have week. To, it has to yeah, it has to be an extended Let's say they had to play at least a month the previous season to not be able to make it. So yeah, Tovar is in the clear. Yeah. But yeah so for example, like Alaris Montero wouldn't be able to win, but you know Tovar played literally six games at the end of the season last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like an extended new player. So like Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand make the cut. Mike Moustakis makes the cut. Austin wins. Anybody that was brand new. Ooh, that uh, that gives me an idea for another silly one is the best goodbye, your favorite player that got traded away. <laughs> so that'd be Hand, Johnson, Crone, Grichik, um, and Mustakis. The Adios Muchacho Award. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, I like that. You, you got a gift. So were you happy to see Adios Muchacho? Jerkson Profar. <laughs> the guy you were happiest to see leave. Yeah, that was pretty much that's my thought of that award. <laughs> guy you were happiest to see leave. Uh it's kind of a mean one, but a little, but come on. It was it was funny. Profar. I'm sorry. Um oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, something like, kind of along the lines of like a swagger award, the Carlos Gonzalez swagger award. Or uh, mm. if he was still with the team, you could call it the uh, Rymel Tapia con mucho swagger award. <laughs> he was another of my adios muchacho award winners. I miss uh, I miss tippy taps, uh, but he was, you know, Bad. he was on a couple different big league rosters this year. He's doing. He got fun. to play in the playoffs. He, he was did. in the wild card he series. Was, he was on the uh, the Rays roster for the wild card series. Probably helping contribute some of the worst defense that Rays team has seen as a team mm, in that yeah. wild card series. Anyways, uh, but that could be one. A swagger uh, award. 
some kind of prospect award, like top pitching prospect and top uh, some minor position league prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy, oh, we'd have to reach out because I know pickleball is really popular in the clubhouse. I wonder if we could reach out <laughs> and learn who the best pickleball player is in the Rockies clubhouse. Because I know Rymac plays pickleball. Pickleball? You mean giant ping pong? That's all it is. No, I mean smaller tennis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's medium-sized tennis. <laughs> so you ping pong, pickleball, tennis mm-hmm. uh oh man i was thinking of something best hair uh, we'll just throw that out there uh because you got a couple guys who have good flow ryan mcmahon justin lawrence uh charlie blackman i have one that i always love as an award for anything is just called dumbest thing <laughs> so it could just be Anything that is just super dumb from the year. <laughs> it could be a signing. It could be just a moment on the field. Or just some dumb, silly thing. that just makes no sense. Um, you know, I, uh, we could do like an Iron Man award for who played the, the most games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> best injured list player. Oh, the, the best player you never got to see because he was hurt. <laughs> I mean, that defaults to Chris Bright, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes with these award shows, you can just have a hyper specific one that's for a guy directly. <laughs> the Chris Bryant Hospital Ward Injury 2023. Oh, goodness. Poor guy. <laughs> the money bags award. Um, the thief award who made the most money by not doing anything. Uh, the dad strength award. The player who played the best. Oh, yeah. Kid born. We had Randall Gritchick, Tovar. Who McMahon else? announced that they were having a kid, but not born yet. The Dad Strength Award. Um, I put down worst moment and best moment. We didn't have that many walk offs this year because that one year when we had all those walk offs at home, we had that category. But uh, coolest coolest photo op, which I think would go to the uh, Ryan McMahon home run in the rain, mm-hmm. which is one of the coolest baseball photos I've seen in a while. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-huh. Dad Strength Award. Any others? I'm trying to think of. I mean, we could uh, we could nominate ourselves for Best Rockies Podcast. <laughs> Somehow we still lose and lose lose <laughs> to DNVR and Blake Street Panther. <laughs> yeah, even Rockies you guys picked now. who won. Mm. <laughs> uh, we couldn't we couldn't argue the votes. <laughs> Look, we know we know our place. <laughs> Oh, well. Um, but we do have the best Every Rocky Ever podcast. Yeah. Best podcast guest. Podcast guest, Brandon Barnes. Yeah, just by default. Well, Stephen Rice. He gets a... 
He's right Steven, there. Steven was great. I wish I could have been a part of either of those ones, but mm-hmm. scheduling just didn't work out for me. Nope. And, and hopefully it's something we can try to do more in the offseason, even if it's just me. Especially where people are less less busy and, you know, not traveling all the time and playing all these games. Maybe we can try and get some more folks on on the show. We don't. We also want to have some of our, our friends at Purple Row be on a little bit more often. Uh, Lord knows I'm still trying to get Mac back on at some point, but that guy is just always so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have best podcast gag. Hmm. Gag or bit. If we'd been smart, we would have been cutting up those clips throughout the year of the bits and gags, but oh well. Yeah. Is it, we only got so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. And there, we don't have those recordings anymore. Oh, we have the episodes. No, I can on YouTube. They're they're salvageable. Um, if yeah. I go on to the podcast hosting site, I can download and have been slowly working on getting all of those. The main because thing is I just don't have the raw audio anymore. Uh, uh, oh yeah, babies. the b- biggest blunder of when Evan uh, fried his computer and lost the entire <laughs> archives of affected by altitude. <laughs> Did I ever did, did we ever talk about that on the show? I don't know. We didn't. Uh, a couple couple months ago, I built a new computer because I wanted to be able to better edit and record and not have it take a million years to process all of the uh, video when we're exporting and uploading. And in the process, don't know how, fried my old computer that had all of the archives on it. So now I have to be triple sure that I am uploading them to multiple places, backing them up on multiple hard drives, and just overall not being such an idiot. (laughs) Technology. Uh This never would have happened if I stored all of these on floppy disk. Yeah. Floppy disk, it's for the future. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to think of any other ones you can think of at the moment of different categories. Got a good little list here. I feel like we have a pretty good list, but we can always come up with more in our off time. And and if, and if, and if y'all listening have any ideas for like awards that or or fun, fun titles that we could hand out best former Rocky. Oh, the the best Rocky who used to be a Rocky, but is no longer a Rocky. Hmm. John Gray. Garrett Hampson had a pretty good season. Garrett Hampson was on a playoff roster. Mm-hmm. We had a couple former Rockies on playoff rosters. John Gray, um, Jeff Hoffman, Garrett Hampson, uh, Miguel Castro. Kevin Pilar, that Rockies legend. Oh, that's right. Uh, I think Sam Hilliard was on the injured list. Yeah, he got injured at some point. Jeff Hoffman all of a sudden is one of the most reliable relievers in that Phillies bullpen. He made 54 appearances this year and had a 2.41 ERA. What? Where was this? Again, it's that old conversation is, yeah, we can't necessarily blame the players. Yeah. As more and more, we can blame the organization. Yeah, if they leave here and then another team is able to fix what's not working, that's on us, not on them. The same for Yancy Almonte with the Dodgers. Um, 
when Jake McGee went to the Dodgers. A lot of guys that go to the Dodgers. John Gray, I think it's not necessarily that they fixed something with him, is that he yeah. now now that he's removed from altitude and he's been able to stay relatively healthy. Um, we're just seeing the pitcher that we knew he he was more and more. Yeah. He's and remained that's pretty solid. I, I miss him a lot. Mm-hmm. As Joel wrote on Purple Row, Rockies could have definitely used him. Yeah, sure could have used the guy to make a bunch of starts this year when our uh, pitching rotation was paper thin. But yeah, if you guys have any other you know fun titles, awards that you think we should hand out, hand out for our award show that's going to happen here in the near future, leave a comment on the Purple Row post or um, you know tag us on on the tweeters or on Blue Sky or whatever, and and we'll we'll get working. Uh, we'll also probably want to do at some point in the near future another edition of Sent from My iPad, the Affected by Altitude Mailbag Show. Uh, mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. I think that's going to about do it for us today. Um, real quick, who do you think is going to win the championship series? Is uh, it's probably going to be the Astros, just because. My hope uh, is that they, they made a they, deal with the devil or something because it's ridiculous. I'm going to try and be optimistic. Running. Give me Rangers and seven. That'd be nice if they don't blow it at the end. It's it's really been that that bullpen's been tough. Don't and I pitch feel, Jose Altuve, and I feel for Jose Leclerc because I feel like he's constantly getting called to work extra when guys like Aroldis Chapman inevitably leave a mess for him to clean mm-hmm. up. That's the thing with the playoff baseball is that, <laughs> well, more so this year, but your really good relievers just get overused mm-hmm. just because. That's who you need to rely on. That's who you have to rely on. Uh, I would like to see John Gray make a start at some point if they go to seven. Um, I don't think they go back to Max Scherzer again, honestly. I think he just wasn't fully healthy and he wasn't actually ready to come back. But, you know, you know how Mad Max is. He's hyper competitive. He wants to be pitching. And so I think he pushed for like, nope, let's go. Let's do it. And then just wasn't ready. Yeah, he'd probably send threatening messages or just weird messages to Bruce Bochy. Like, I'm, I'm watching you sleep. Let me pitch. He's the kind of psycho that would do that. We were, I was talking about with my, with my friend who is from Dallas. He's a Rangers fan. We were watching one of the games and Max is just like wandering around in the dugout. And he looks like a crazy dude, just like walked in from the street. And he's like making all these weird muttering himself and just, yeah, talking to himself, (laughs) storming around the dugout. Ah, oh, Max Scherzer. And then I'm really hoping that the Diamondbacks pull something out. Um, mm-hmm. They were it able to tie cool. up the series 2-2 at time of recording, which is awesome. Uh, so fingers crossed. Be cool, but I'm okay with the Phillies players. Phillies That's fans, true. on the other hand, no, I you wouldn't know, be happy honestly, for them. Phillies fans have been a lot better this year. Uh, not when they're doing petty stuff of trying to buy tickets at Chase Field to... <laughs> It's <laughs> something dumb and like that. True. And then the videos of them constantly harassing players warming up in the bullpen. Yeah. Like they're I suppose kinda... I'm more thinking about what they did with Trey Turner this year where Trey Turner was really struggling and they oh, they're fine with coalition. Yeah, they're of... they're fine with their guys, but they are absolutely atrocious and obnoxious to anybody that's not a Phillies person. 
It's the city of brotherly love, baby. Oh, yeah. Nothing shows brotherly love like sticking it to the other guy. Well, the Rockies have the uh, the true Philadelphia legend, which is that one coach who ate like a billion cheesesteaks and didn't die. Hey, Mike Jasperson, strength and conditioning <laughs> coach. You put some respect on his name. <laughs> Friend of the show because he played with my brother at CSU Pueblo. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I think you've told, I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah, I've got the inside track. He's got the scoop. All right. Well, that's going to about do it for us here on Affected by Altitude. Skylar, how about you tell these nice folks where they can find you at? No. Okay. <laughs> that's the show, everybody. Bye. <laughs> there we go. See ya. Yeah, uh, you find me on the Twitters at at sideline underscore crowd, and also find me writing Wednesday rock piles as well as pumping out content at uh, fansforsports.com, writing about MLB stuff, because uh, i got to make that cheddar cheese. Uh, but just writing about stuff, trying to expand out outside of writing about the Rockies. And it's been a fun challenge, learning to write about other teams. Like a lot of the playoff teams, that's what I've been doing this past week. Trying to pump one out once a day at least, maybe. And writing about the playoff teams, it's been fun. Writing about the Rangers, the Phillies good stuff the marlins yeah skylar's skylar's been doing a great job over there i really want to get to writing more content over on fans first i just haven't had the time to do it um but skylar's putting up a lot of quality content over there so i strongly encourage you go check it out and also a new episode of every rocky ever will be coming up that we have to record but it'll be coming up this coming week uh do you want to give anyone a preview or is it going to be a surprise uh, we will talk about a player that used to play for the Rockies. I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> how much, how far ahead do you think I plan these things? 20 seconds. It's usually like a couple of texts, like maybe a day at the most <laughs> with my brother. Of, Who should we talk about? And then we'll say some things. Then I'll ask, when do you want to record? And he'll say time. And then we do that. You should talk about pulling out a pack of random Rockies baseball cards here. Jerry DePoto. Jerry DePoto. Seattle Mariners general or president of baseball ops. Or have you done Jayhawk yet? Mm, no. If you do Jayhawk, I want to be on that episode. I have a, a very strong fondness for Jayhawk Owens, despite the fact that his playing career was pretty much done by the time I was old enough to really appreciate baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan underscore Lang 27. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Same on Blue Sky, Evan Lang 27.bsky.social. Um, doing my Thursday rock piles over at Purple Row and just, you know, doing the best that we can. Thanks everybody for you know supporting us. Leave a leave a comment or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, you know, five stars is appreciated, but you know whatever you feel is right. And we'll like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube at at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R O C K Y M T N Rooftop. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. We will see you next week. Skyler, hit him with it. Farewell. Nice on. Wahoo. Pick up those purple coins. Get all the coins. If you miss even one coin, you fail. Yes, you're a bad person.
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say you belong in jail, but you belong in jail. Mm-hmm. Didn't get didn't get all the coins. Jail, straight to jail. <laughs>